0: Welcome to episode 10 of the North American Outdoors podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I am still coming to you from the great state of Florida. I am vacationing here for a few more days before I return back to Texas. Today's children are much less connected to the natural world than any other time in history. There are several reasons for this disconnection. There are more electronic devices marketed toward the younger generation, which captures their attention and takes away their desires to go outside and play. Children today have significantly less encouragement for unstructured outdoor play. Growing urbanization in our country has also contributed to less parks, less open spaces, less woods and fields for children to explore. The negative effects of this disconnection with nature are being researched, and some of the results are staggering. One result of this disconnection is that childhood obesity is soaring. It has been said that for the first time in history, parents will outlive their children as a result of this problem. Children are sadly lacking knowledge about their natural world and all living things which are connected within. Many inner-city school children believe the white-tailed deer is an endangered species, when in reality, the population of the white-tailed deer is thriving. Many kids think that the meat they consume started out frozen in a bag or neatly wrapped in white butchered paper in the freezer aisle at their grocery store. Unfortunately, they have no idea where their food originated or that it was once an actual living animal, nor do they understand the process in which it ends up on their dinner plates. The education many kids receive is from a textbook in a classroom, written by a liberal and progressive author, and taught by liberal progressive teachers. We can only hope their teachers grew up connected to nature and are sharing those experiences in the classroom with our children. There is a considerable amount of time spent indoors today than in days gone by. Today's youth are inundated with technology from all directions, computer games to handheld gaming devices to tablets and e-readers. Our children are more tech savvy than ever before, oftentimes showing parents how to troubleshoot a computer error or set up an online account. These young people also have televisions and computers in their bedrooms, furthering the disconnection. Our youth post online videos, tweet exciting news from their days, and upload photos and status updates on their social media pages. Our society is now one of instant connection. We communicate with others within a matter of seconds and are capable of making new, quote, friends across the globe with the submission of a friend request or following someone's hashtag. Children today have less unstructured playtime outside. This is a result of a number of factors. One is fear of the unknown. Times are changing. Often, parents are extremely overprotective of their children. As parents, we need to let them get dirty outside, roll around in the grass, jump in puddles, throw mud, dig in the dirt, and drink from a water hose. Hand sanitizer is a staple in one's vehicle, day pack, and a mother's purse nowadays. Kids are not given the opportunity to explore, get dirty, and learn about their environment through hands-on, elbow-deep play. In past generations, kids were encouraged and practically thrown out their front doors so they could meet up with neighborhood friends and play ball at the local park or ride their bikes along the banks of the town's creek only returning home in time for dinner when the sun began to set and the street lights came on parents today have a lot to think about They are constantly worried about stranger danger or exposure to negative peer pressure like violence and bad behaviors influenced from others in the community at large. These are valid reasons to be aware of the dangers in our modern world. It is important to educate your children to be safe in their surroundings. Unfortunately, the fear of the unknown is a reality. This fear has altered the way parents allow their children to play, what their definition of play is, who they can play with, and where they are allowed to play. The physical boundaries of play are shrinking. Working parents may not be home when the bus drops off the kids, forcing them into supervised after-school programs, mostly indoors or structured with activities rather than free play. Parents may also turn towards technology to engage and occupy their latchkey children until they return home at the end of a long day. With our children's lives so disconnected from the natural world, their experiences are more visually stimulated from technology, computers, videos, and television shows than ever before. Children are losing real-world experiences, Their virtual world is replacing the real world. This is evident when they are asked to write essays and stories in school. Kids just cannot seem to distinguish reality from their virtual world, where they spend so much of their free time. A lot of the nature shows and documentaries on television today are conditioning viewers to think that nature consists of far away and exotic places, which they will never experience. This can be seen with the fundraising campaigns to donate pennies a day to save a particular type of animal on another continent or saving the rainforest in the South American jungles. We are losing the understanding that nature exists in our own backyards and communities. This has contributed to the disconnection between children and their own environment. There are more than 300 million Americans, with over 80% living in metropolitan or urban areas. Urban growth has engulfed fields and forests where our children from past generations once roamed. The areas which are still available in our parks and natural areas are strictly limited as to which activities and behaviors are permitted. Kids cannot dig holes looking for buried treasures, They cannot build dams, construct forts, or even climb the trees within several of these places. How are we to allow our children to explore and learn with so many barriers and deterrents? Playing is a fundamental part of a child's life. When a child is encouraged to play outdoors, they are able to use their imagination and creativity thus fostering a level of development unlike anything of comparison. Children are able to connect with their natural world through touch, exploration, and trial and error. They are using all of their senses without even realizing how much they are being stimulated. Outdoor play has a positive effect on social development, motor skills development, and activity level. Children are interacting with natural elements through play, which in turn are influencing their own individual development and learning. Many of today's kids never get a chance to develop a relationship with nature. The closest they get to nature is by watching National Geographic programs or a documentary on the Discovery Channel. They need to feel the breeze in their faces, taste the salty ocean air, run their fingers across a moss-covered rock, smell the blooming wildflowers, hear the chirping blue jays in the trees, watch a butterfly dance in the wind, and dive into a pile of leaves. They must make personal contact and establish their own connections with these and all living things. It is our job as parents and mentors to ensure the future of raising our children wild. What is a wild child? A wild child is exactly what the title implies. They are children that have a wild spirit, a wild attitude, and a wild outlook on life. Just because a child leaves the comforts of home and ventures outdoors does not make him or her a wild child. A real wild child truly knows about the natural world around them. They strive to learn as much as they can about nature, the environment, and the relationship among all things, including themselves and their role in the world around them. In other words, to refer to a young boy or girl as a wild child is not a negative connotation that today's society has come to believe, but should be a compliment that any child would be so proud to be called. Likewise, the moniker wild child should be a badge of honor that all parents would want for their children. In days gone by, School kids excitably talked about their past hunting and fishing trips, how they were anticipating their next outing, and all of their other outdoor adventures. It was common for children to race home after school to gather their gear and meet at the local fishing hole. Kids actively participated in planning hunting and fishing trips with their parents. This was a time that outdoor activities were a family affair and kids enjoyed being with their parents. Anyone who remembers this era knows how strong the family bond was. This family bond is reflected in the iconic opening scene of The Andy Griffith Show that immortalized Andy and Opie walking together, side by side, carrying their rods and reels as they made their way to their secret fishing hole. Today's kids are talking about the latest teen idols and fads. Their world revolves around iPhone apps, texting, and a world of online gaming. We have an entire generation of kids who cannot interact with one another face-to-face. Texting and chatting is now the primary communication method for the younger generation. How often do you see a teenager or even a preteen with a phone sticking out of their back pocket or constantly looking down to the device attached to the palm of their hand? The constant audible blips and dings and tweets of their phone with incoming messages can be rather annoying to those around them. Today's kids are far too dependent upon these modern conveniences. One example of this dependence is the use of GPS devices on the windshield of your vehicle or navigational features on all smartphones today. To a lot of people, maps are now a thing of the past. Paper maps I'm referring to. It is now standard that most all new vehicles have a navigational system already installed. Recently, We brought our kids and some of their friends on a day trip to a local nature center with several hike and bike trails and paths throughout the thick woods. Upon arrival, each visitor was given a paper map of the area, complete with trail markers, geological marks, and a legend at the bottom of the map defining symbols on the map. My husband and I were astounded to watch our kids' friends They had absolutely no idea how to read a map. They did not know what North meant, nor did they ever hear of a legend on a map. We sat back and watched with pride as our boys educated their peers how to orient the map, identify landmarks, and read topographic features. They showed their friends that it was possible to get from point A to point B without a device that used batteries or needed a Wi-Fi or cellular signal to operate and navigate. Older people can survive much easier in the absence of digital technology than younger generations. A good example of this is the ability to visualize time on a clock or a watch with a face and hands. Today's kids have no clue what you are talking about if they ask you, what time is it? And your response is a quarter to 10 or a half past one. They have no idea what you just said. They are so accustomed to reading numbers on a face like 945 or 130, such as on a digital clock or watch. This shows their lack of visualizing time being stated. Any driver's education instructor can verify this. Now students must be taught what is meant by placing their hands on the steering wheel at the 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock positions. The advancement in technology can make our lives much more convenient and efficient, but it can also cause the eroding of family values. Just look around the next time you see parents with their kids in a public place. The kids normally have earbuds dangling out of their ears and around their neck, listening to iPods while playing portable gaming devices and not interacting with their parents or siblings. Likewise, when you see a family on the increasingly rare road trip, the kids are usually not even looking out the window at the changing scenery. They are either looking down in their lap while playing a handheld device their parents bought for them to keep them quiet, or they are gazing at a video on the drop-down DVD player installed in their vehicles. In other words, parents are contributing to the social isolation of their own children by not involving them in the family activity through interaction. On a recent campout to a local state park, we observed this very phenomenon with our neighboring campers. They pulled into the campsite with the largest recreational vehicle we have ever seen. This RV was equipped with surround sound stereo speakers and satellite TV. Once they arrived, a young boy and girl emerged and scampered around their campsite for only a brief time, under the gorgeous fall foliage and gentle breeze that weekend. After a few minutes of watching this, we noticed something was wrong with this picture. As our children were running around, climbing trees, chasing each other, and playing with other young campers, this particular family was in their futuristic time capsule watching movies. As one could see through their large bay windows into their living quarters, The children were all huddled on the sofa watching their jumbotron flat-screen television, obviously unamused that they were wretched from their civilization and thrown into the woolly wilds of central Texas. The main difference between the majority of today's kids and many of the past generation's kids is that children in the past were more in tune with their surroundings and their environment. Parents used to teach their kids how to survive on their own. They knew what to do if they became lost in the woods or what to do in the midst of a natural disaster. Children grew up knowing how to safely handle a firearm or set out fishing gear. As a result, kids were taught at an early age how to catch, clean, and prepare game and fish for consumption and how to help provide for their families. Many of today's kids feel accomplished when they have, quote, cooked something just by warming it up. These kids have never been taught how to make something from scratch or follow a recipe. They retrieve a frozen cardboard package from the freezer and heat up the preserved and frozen block of food in a microwave. Many kids have no idea what their hamburger meat looked like before it was neatly wrapped in cellophane and prominently displayed on the supermarket meat counter. Most have no idea where their meal came from as they unwrap their fast food, supersized dinner in a bag and scarf down this convenient burger meat sandwiched between two pieces of over-glamorized bread. Camping is a very good environment to teach kids how to cook from scratch because there are no microwaves and fast food restaurants on site. On a recent Boy Scout trip, our oldest son, Dominic, was on a fishing camp out where the boys had to catch their own fish and cook it to earn a merit badge. They caught their fish, cleaned them, and prepared them for dinner. They battered and cooked the fish whole like you normally would around a campfire. As they sat down to eat, one of the boys hollered out, Yuck! There's bones in here! I like real fish. The square ones that my mom buys from the store. Oftentimes, experts feel that we need to protect our children from the cruelties of life. As parents, we are also to blame as we spare our little ones the agony of daily chores. It was not that long ago when my husband John was growing up, kids would hurry home after school to mow lawns and actually compete with each other to see who could race to the neighbor's front door first to be awarded that lawn to mow for some pocket change. He mowed lawns, raked leaves, weeded gardens, and searched for any other chores available around the neighborhood to earn spending money to buy new fishing equipment or pay for his next Boy Scout camping trip. So how do we put the wild back into the child? Take a few minutes with your child and find a comfortable spot to sit in your backyard. Close your eyes and focus on your sense of hearing. Be aware of how many different sounds you hear when you put all of your concentration towards hearing. Depending on where you live, you will hear different species of birds chirping and singing their songs, squirrels rustling about in the treetops, chattering and calling to each other, and maybe even some croaking toads. There are many things that a parent can do to help put the wild back into their child. The easiest thing to do is take your children to the nearest park or wilderness area and just turn them loose. As long as a park has trees, bushes, and ground vegetation, you can find wildlife. In these areas, kids can find squirrels, rabbits, all types of birds, frogs, and insects. Depending on which region of North America you live, unique wildlife opportunities exist. In the south, alligators can be observed in just about any body of water, including waterways in the middle of large cities. In the west, coyotes can be found in any type of wild area. In the east, deer routinely join visitors for a day in the park. In the north, listen closely to hear a variety of ducks quacking and geese honking as they circle above the lakes, rivers, and fields. You can take advantage of several of these excursions with a limited budget or at no cost at all. Start your expedition from home. Gather the family to decide where the adventure will begin. Find a nearby park or recreation area with hiking trails. Recruit the kids to help pack a picnic lunch and their own backpacks for a day trip. For younger children, plan a short hike, but find a location with outstanding scenery or diverse wildlife and abundant places to discover and climb. Allow several stops along the hike for exploring and encourage your kids to investigate and ask questions. Bring a magnifying glass to get up close and personal with their newly found discoveries. Pack a field guide to identify the critters during your excursion. Bring a bug box to capture unique insects along the way. Children will proudly carry their bug box for the duration of the hike, eager to collect more creatures and enthusiastically observe their every move. Find a climbing tree and send the kids to crawl all over it. Kids are magnetically drawn to trees with brawny limbs and twisted branches. Almost instinctively, they scale their way as high as they can climb. Old and sturdy trees are a great place to curl up in a comfortable nook within and read or journal. Think about your favorite childhood stories. There is always a tree that magically draws characters to the base of the trunk for a friendly gathering. Our storybook trees always provided a safe home for tree-dwelling characters and shade for everything that came beneath. Trees are naturally a fun place to be and together. This is what makes a tree a great classroom for kids to learn about their world. When one of my sons, John John, was only three years old, our family went camping in the Texas Hill Country. We drove around several loops within the campsite, studying the vacant spots for the perfect site for our family, especially with our four boys. When we found the perfect spot, John John immediately burst out of the vehicle and clung onto his tree. This was an old oak tree with gnarled branches and limbs. The most interesting feature was a thick grapevine growing horizontally across the trunk and connecting to the closest nearby tree. This vine was just the perfect height for John John to stand on while hanging onto the tree's limb above. And the bouncing began. He bounced up and down on that vine for three solid days. It was the first thing he did when he woke up in the morning and the last thing we had to do to pry him away when it was time for bed. He was very possessive over his territory and would defend it ferociously if one of his brothers even came within five feet of his bouncy tree. That was his favorite memory of that trip. To this day, he still remembers that bouncy tree at our Texas Hill Country campsite. We as parents need to remove the sense of entitlement from our children. When children return home from school, they are not entitled to play on their gaming devices, update their status, and upload pictures on whatever social media device there is until they decide on their time when it's time to go to bed. Pry the electronics out of their hands, put the wild back into your child, get them outside. Kids need structure, rules, and boundaries. Kids need to understand that there is more to life than electronic entertainment. A family we know has young children all under the age of 13. Not one of them has an established bedtime. They come home from school and immediately go to their respective bedrooms and turn on their high-definition flat-screen televisions while texting their friends and hooking up with them online and playing on their gaming devices. They only emerge briefly when our friend calls them downstairs for dinner. This mother often complains to us about how picky her kids are. She fixes each of them a different meal each evening because one does not eat the same food as the next, while serving them at different times at her children's convenience. Often, the kids will not come to the table to eat until he finishes his, quote, level on whichever game he's playing, and so on. Even though she caters to her kids' every demand, she continues to wonder why they are so difficult to handle. Kids should have a list of daily chores to be contributing members of their families. This should be done at an early age to remove some of the sense of entitlement that develops in older youth. There was a time that kids would do yard work, paint fences and sheds, or other odd jobs around the neighborhood to earn some extra spending money. Now they sit back and ask for money, expecting to receive it for no reason at all or having to work to earn it on their own. These same parents who constantly give their children rewards without any expectation of responsibilities are hiring and paying other people to do these odd jobs that kids used to do not so long ago. Putting the wild back in your child can be as simple as assigning your kids tasks or chores around the house and in your own backyard. My husband John and his brothers were raised that if they could sleep in past 8 a.m., no matter what day it was, they did not have enough chores to do. His parents kept him and his brothers busy during the day, doing as much as possible outdoors. The other benefit to assigning chores is they always had so much to do that by the end of the day, they were too tired to be out running the streets and getting into trouble with their friends. Assigning chores to kids benefits everyone. It helps the family unit by performing jobs that are essential, saves your household money, and helps the child be self-sufficient, confident, and gain life experience. By giving kids outdoor chores, they learn about their environment and the flora and fauna of their community. One of the best responsibilities you can give your child is to provide them with a section of yard so they can create their own vegetable garden. If you live in an apartment or have no backyard, there are many vegetable plants that have been developed as container plants. Let them pick out their plants and the types of vegetables they want to grow. Teach them how to choose the right soil conditions, sunlight or shade, and the perfect spot to start digging their garden. Kids will quickly learn how to properly remove weeds, which insects are beneficial, how to deal with garden raiders such as rabbits, and learn other essential gardening skills. If you do not know the first thing about gardening, there are volumes of research and resources right at your fingertips. Take your child to the local library or bookstore and find the gardening section. Start with beginner basic books and guides, and let your child check these out at the library on his or her own library card. Get on the internet, and more often than not, the child will be able to guide the parents through the website navigations. Visit the local plant and garden centers in your area, and speak to the experts who work there so they may guide you on your journey, helping you and your child choose the best plants and vegetables to plant in their garden. Now, let your child take the lead as you point and steer them in the right direction. Do not get in front of them and take over the task, but run along beside them and encourage them along the way. Allow them to succeed and fail on their own. Your child will learn a lot from their mistakes and will gain knowledge to either not do that again or adjust their skill and improve it so it will work better next time. We live in a large metropolitan city, and we decided our boys did not have enough productive things to do as they sat around idle quite often. We decided to give the boys some responsible things to do at an early age, not just busy work, but something to teach them life lessons. The boys helped their dad build a small chicken coop in our backyard After a few days of hard work and watching the structure develop by their own hands, the next trip was to the local feed store. Each of our boys was allowed to pick out a baby chick, and we made sure they were all hens. The boys held them and talked to them, raised them, and played with them every single day. To this day, it still amuses us to watch the boys unlock the chicken coop door and see the four full-grown hens flutter out the gate and land at the feet of each child as they collect the eggs which will be used as food for the family. Each morning when the boys get up and dressed, the first thing they must do before breakfast is head out the back to take care of their chickens. They make sure there is enough food and water for the day and they check the laying box within the coop for eggs. Most of the time, each of the chickens will lay one egg per day. After the boys come home from school, their first chore is to return to the backyard and scoop out and clean the chicken coop. Raising chickens provides a great sense of chores for the boys. In addition, they are all learning life lessons. Even though the boys consider them pets, they all understand their chickens are livestock. We have had to replace chickens that have died, and there are no tears because they are not pets like cats or dogs, but they are livestock. Just like they understand, a deer is a game animal, and when you hunt, the deer must be harvested to provide food for the family. Our boys show a great deal of understanding and maturity when it comes to distinguishing between household pets, livestock, and game that is hunted, such as waterfowl and deer, food for our table. What is the best part of giving children chores? It gets them outside. They will soon discover how much wildlife is in their own backyard. Even in the largest cities, there are astonishing amounts of wildlife to be discovered. Next time you and your child are driving through a city, look up. Amid all the pigeons, crows, and grackles, it is not uncommon to see birds of prey such as hawks and falcons. If you are really lucky, you might even get to witness these birds of prey in action hunting other smaller birds and mammals. Our boys have noticed we now have more hawks hanging around our backyard since we have a chicken coop. They have also learned that if they have not found eggs in the laying box for a couple of days, they know how to look for any egg-eating snakes that might be lurking around the perimeter of the coop or signs of other egg-eating thieves like raccoons lurking around the backyard. There is a wild child hidden in every kid. Every child used to be an amateur entomologist, amateur zoologist, and an amateur botanist. Kids would explore their world collecting bugs, chasing small animals, catching frogs and lizards, and picking flowers for mom. They knew which insects stung, which snakes bit, which rocks harbored the best amphibians, where to find wild fruits and berries, and the best time of year when they were ripe enough to pick. It used to be a very common sight in the southern United States to see families in the springtime along the roadsides picking ripe dewberries. Neighborhoods in these areas would be filled with the smell of freshly baked dewberry cobblers, enhancing everyone's childhood memories. A lot of children in today's world are taught things like, number one, bugs are dirty, Number two, reptiles are slimy. And number three, all of our food comes from the supermarket. Remember when boys were made of snakes and snails and puppy dog tails? Remember when girls were called tomboys when they got dirty, caught frogs, or engaged in hunting or fishing? Society has taught our kids through children's books, movies, and cartoons that only cute and fuzzy animals with big brown eyes that befriend humans are nice, and all others are evil. The personification of animals has completely distorted the views of our children in regards to our natural world. In reality, predators keep the cute and fuzzy critters in check. It is these cute animals that cause humans the most grief in our homes, gardens, and workplaces. Bunnies tear up our gardens, white-tailed deer devour our expensive ornamental shrubs and flowers we plant in our front yards, and songbirds eat the fruits and vegetables we plant around our lawn. One of the easiest and inexpensive methods of getting the wild child to come out in your children is to give them a small bug box, cage, or a single mason jar. Kids will be entertained for hours collecting specimens. They will quickly learn where to find their quarry, what their captured critter eats, and their physiological characteristics. Let them keep their critter for a day or two to increase their knowledge through observation before turning it loose. This will help your children start understanding the world around them, beginning in their own backyards. So, technology in the wild child. If the parents of techno junkie kids just look at the games they're playing, they will see that their kids want to be outside in their virtual world they are living. On all of the video games they play, their action figure is running, jumping, shooting, swimming, competing in obstacle courses, and doing all other types of mostly outdoor activities even the once popular Angry Birds reflects birds and other characters soaring through the air outdoors. Pay attention to what your kids are playing when they break out their electronic devices. If your kids are playing hunting and fishing games, then take time to let them experience the real activities of hunting and fishing. If they like shooting games, take them to the gun range to hone their shooting skills or learn how to break clays. If your kids play outdoor adventure games, take them on a real outdoor adventure. State and federal parks contain some of the greatest adventures on this planet. Imagination and the desire to explore is all you need. Hopefully, these parents can start to wean their kids off a virtual world by replacing it with a real world. Each of our four boys have several handheld gaming devices. They have access to computers and all have a cell phone. Because they were raised wild, our boys would rather be outside than cooped up in the house using these devices. Our kids have their own lizard cages, which is no more than a clear plastic box with a tight-fitting lid with air holes poked in the top. One of their favorite things to do is to go outside and hunt lizards. They have learned where to find these animals, what to feed them, what types of habitat to build in their lizard cages. After a day or two of observation, they release the lizards back into our yard so they can catch them again and again and again. If your children are hooked on their electronic devices, there is still hope. Why not combine their interest in these electronic devices with the great outdoors? Smartphones, computer games, and so on can be very useful in identification of plants, animals, and insects. These tools can also be used to gather biological data, life cycles, and historic and present day ranges. In other words, do not fight modern technology, but use this equipment to enhance your child's outdoor experiences. Some kids still like books to hold, flip through, and carry. Some kids now shun the old ways and prefer the electronic version with downloaded apps. The great part about the electronic version is that multiple field guides can be placed on a single electronic device. In the past, individuals would have had to carry separate field guides for plants, trees, mammals, reptiles, and amphibians, birds, mushrooms, and more. Now these entire field guides can be downloaded as an app and the user can turn the pages right from their device just as if they were holding the real thing in their hands. There are interactive field guide apps that allow the user to locate species all around them, find out distribution patterns, and even hear the calls and sounds of a particular species makes by the tap of an icon. There are countless audiobooks that a user can download to their devices and listen to stories about a region or landmark of their choice. No matter what your preference, any and all of these can be downloaded and stored within one small device. Today's kids now have all this information at their fingertips that boys and girls in the past never had access to. The only way to ensure our children their children, and so on for infinite generations do not lose their connection to nature and all things wild is to continue to teach and educate them. Take a deep, soulful look inward and think about who you most looked up to as a child. Was it your parents who always knew the right thing to do? A favorite uncle who always had the best adventures and always invited you along? An older cousin who seemed to have all of the answers and knowledge of the woods and waters. Grandma who could cook a feast and prepare anything grandpa brought home from his day in the field. Or was it your older brother or sister who could find their way out of the woods and teach you all of the winding trails and shortcuts within. Strive to be what you admire and respect most from your upbringing. Work hard every day so you may be that leader your child looks up to and implants your profound values and traditions. Kids actually want to be outside experiencing adventures and creating memories. Most kids just do not know how to do so. Unfortunately, this is normally the parent's fault. Single parents that use the excuse that they do not know how to hunt, fish, or camp or single parents that claim they do not have the time to get their children outdoors still have no excuses. As long as there are youth organizations such as Scouting, 4-H, and other camp-type environments, parents have every opportunity to get their kids outside. With modern advances in technology, today's youth should be more informed than children of the past. The problem is that today's youth are not as in tune with nature as the youth of our past generations. We need to correct the latter to keep our children wild. There is no better gift to give your child than an appreciation and a passion for the outdoors. There is no recommended starting age to introduce a youngster to the great outdoors. The longer you wait to present these outdoor-related experiences to your child, the more of a chance there is for your child to be swept away by external distractions such as organized sports, social gatherings, and extracurricular activities. As soon as your child is born, get them outdoors. Let them feel the gentle breeze as they soak up the warm rays of the sun. Point out the flowers, trees, insects, reptiles, and wild things found all around them. Introduce them to their surrounding environment so they grow up with an appreciation for everything Mother Nature has to offer. Do your part to instill their passion to be wild, one outdoor experience at a time. There is no better classroom than the outdoors. Roaming the woods and waters, creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you have heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit northamericanoutdoors.org and follow on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.